Hello and welcome to the Account Experience Podcast. My name's Adam Durrell and I'm joined by my colleague David Barber. Hi Dave. Afternoon Adam, how are you doing? I am doing great. I'm sitting in Amsterdam and you are in? Uh, I am in Camden in London uh, on holiday to the UK uh, on day five of my quarantine. So eagerly awaiting a, a negative result so I can go out and see the world. Okay, I'm really excited about today's guest, by the way, on the Account Experience podcast. We've got Hans Christian Gronleth from Super Office. Now, Dave, you've been working with Hans for a while. Yeah, so I think uh, I think Hans, when I when I joined Customer Cage as a customer success manager, I think Hans was one of my first customers. So I've been working with him for for, for almost five years now, um, and I'm I'm really really excited to see how he's kind of taken taken his project from 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 nothing and managed to keep it going and and, and maintain excitement throughout. Yeah, I think your point about maintaining excitement is really key. It's hard to do it for a period, but Hans still manages to keep it fresh uh, and working. And I'm always really impressed by the way that he engages staff on that. So I'll be looking forward to hearing about how he does on. Hey, and what else did you notice this week? I, I noticed that uh, UPS appointed a new CEO and she made it her, sta- her stated target to take the, uh, the score of UPS to uh, 50, 50 points of NPS by 2022. 2023. Do we know where they are now? They did not say, but that was ah. a, it was a stated uh, aim to bring the company to, to, together on it, and uh, that was um, it, it was well received by the stock market, okay. where they where they where they got a good uh, bounce on that. Bold game to play to say we will have this NPS by X date, uh, and it comes with a lot of hard work behind it. But if but if you can get there and you can do the work, then then, then, then great. It's only going to add value, right? Yeah, that's great. Well, let's find out from Hans about how he does that hard work. So let's go after the break to Hans. Welcome back to this week's Account Experience podcast. I'm joined as ever by Dave Barber, and I'd like to introduce my super guest today, from SuperOffice, based out of Norway. The 30-year-old company uh, has been at the roots of CRM since that time, and it's got over 6,000 customers across Europe. It's a well-known company on the continent here, and last year it was sold to a private equity firm. And it's interesting, because hopefully our guest can talk a little bit about the impact of that. Um, So let's welcome our guest of the podcast this week, an old friend of Customer Gage, Hans Christian Grondleth, who, by the way, is also somewhat of a superman. He loves to live in a hut up a mountain, and he's been in super office for 14 years. So he's got a bit of a unique perspective of that for the half of the life of the company. Welcome, Hans Christian. Hello. Well, thank you, Adam and uh, Dave. Uh, great to be on, uh, on here talking to you guys. Looking forward to that. And uh, thanks for the introduction. Well, of course, I love the mountains and, uh, and being up on, uh, on the, in my hut, <laughs> skiing and stuff. So a lot of my spare time goes up there or other places that, that's of interest to nature. Yeah. So, first of all, that, thanks so much for, for coming on here. There's, there's, a, there's some, some, some ground we'd love to cover today. We'd like to find out how, how you're using um, uh, CX and NPS in your company. I'm a big fan of the posts that you do on... LinkedIn about how you're bringing the culture there. So maybe you can, we can start there. How has the journey been for you in the last few years as, you, as you've introduced Net Promoter and, and, and customer experience into the company? 
Well, that's an interesting question. It's a, it's a long question, but you know we can take uh, parts of it. And I think I remember when I talked to you the first time, Adam, that uh, you know MPS is not a sprint; uh, it's a marathon. And uh, I've kept that sort of uh, tight to to the program and to my way of working on it, because it really takes time to get this. Uh, um, addressed in all parts of the organization and uh, part of this culture building uh, that uh, is so important to get to, to succeed. And we started back in 2017 and uh, now we're 2021 and, you know, we still feel like we're sort of uh, at the verge of something. We're, we're still in the beginning, but it's very, it's becoming more mature and it's part of, you know, uh, our DNA Um and, and that's sort of a, some achievement, but, but still there are many things to improve with the program. Well, why don't you walk us through how you were able to uh, introduce it into the company and, and, and what you did to, to spread that, uh, that passion that you had for customer experience? Well, uh, SuperOffice has always been passionate about the, the customer. You know, that's the root of everything we do, the customer, um, pays our uh, salaries and if if we succeed or if our customers succeed then we succeed and uh, we've had um, the founder Una Amundsen, uh, the late Una Amundsen, uh, was also very passionate about that and trying to make tools for the salespeople to be uh, to be productive and um, we've been doing that for 30 years uh, adding capabilities to the salespeople to the marketing people and the service people which Dave you mentioned it CX you know all companies today have focused on the CX role and um, so this is what we work with developing tools for customers mid-sized customers and uh, so we've been very uh, keen on listening to customers for all those years uh, and you know we have uh, what we call product managers in each uh, of our subsidiaries in seven countries we have uh, uh, project managers, we have product owners, we have consultants and sales, they all bring back feedback from customers. So uh, over time, you know, that's how we develop. Uh, and then of course we had to add stuff that customers don't really know that they want. But back in 2017, we had gone from a cloud uh, um, solution. No, sorry, uh, we switched from an on-premise solution to a cloud solution. And we wanted to reach for smaller customers and we wanted to do more self-service and stuff like that. And, you know, our experience was that we got a lot of customers, uh, but self-service is not an easy way of implementing CRM, which is all about relationships. And you really need processes and stuff to, to get it to work uh, with our customers. And so we experienced churn, of course, in the easy come, easy go customers. And then we thought, okay, let's, uh, how can we improve um, at putting the customer feedback into a more systematic approach? And that's where we sort of, again, talked about MPS. And then uh, we did some investigations and uh, we had different partners and solution vendors shortlisted and stuff. And, uh, and then long story short, uh, we ended up with uh, choosing uh, you guys at Customer Gauge for that journey. And then, uh, and then we started the planning process. I think we did like half a year planning because, you know, we have a management and our CEO, Gisle, he's keen on doing st stuff right. Uh, you know, you, you, it's like hitting a match. Uh, you, you get one chance of this. So we wanted to, to, 
do a proper planning and make things work from the start, not just starting in one loose end in the company, but, you know, do a thorough process. And, and that's where we spent a lot of time. Uh, and I think that's part of why we have come so far today without doing very many changes, but of course, small changes all the time because you get feedback on it. Yeah. <gasps> So is that something that you get in terms of the, the, the program that you're running now? Is that something that you get as much feedback from, from internal staff as, as you do with clients in terms of what you're trying to do and, and, and the changes that you're trying to make in the organization? Uh, yeah, we get a lot. You know, when uh, in, um, we migrated our, our own solution, by the way, to, to the cloud uh, last year. And, and while we did that, we took a break. And, you know, when you take a break for something that has become a habit, then you get sort of the feedback that, hey, what's going on? You know, even though they knew about it. Right. Yeah. So, so you get sort of um, um, keen on getting feedback from your, uh, your customers. Uh, and, you know, we, we don't do the transactional uh, MPS. We have some CSAT uh, surveys, so support and stuff like that. But we do basically the relational uh, survey. And we have a cadence of uh, every six months we do it. And we do very systematically so that we get a good reach. And then when, when our sales and CX people are lined up for their uh, QBRs or, or meetings, uh, then they're also looking at, okay, what is the MPS? And uh, how can we bring that to the table to the customer to try to develop the customer? So it's become a part of that uh, as well. Great, because I think yeah. I think that's always a, a really hard win that any company trying to do what you're doing tries to get to is rather than just you yourself, Hans, sitting in a central position saying, here's all this information, you must use it. When you get to the stage of people coming to you to say, I want more information or I need this information to speak to my customer, yeah. then that makes your life a, a little bit easier, I imagine, right? Yeah, it does. But of course, you know, NPS is a small, small, tiny part of somebody's feedback at some some time but, but adding it all together it gives you a pretty good 360 view of what's going on or like you Adam normally say you know uh, or is it uh, you know if you don't get a response that's a pretty bad sign as well you know yeah, uh, I, I, yeah. That, that I think is the most worrying thing yeah Let, let's drill down into that because I love what you're saying about how you're empowering your frontline staff to to use this, how do you how do you deliver that to your to your frontline staff? Are you doing that through Super Office itself? To, to tell us a little bit about the nuts and bolts of the program. Yeah, uh, well, when we started, we thought, okay, who should we survey? You know, that's the critical thing because if you survey, we have uh, people in, uh, or our goal is that for our customers, we want everybody to use Super Office, right? But you have some people who are uh, managers and uh, what we call, together with you guys, the growth influencers, those who impact the business. And those are the people that we want to talk to. And sometimes it's easy to reach these people and other times they're in a different country or we don't have that sort of uh, buy-in uh, at the time. We had it when we sold the system and maybe over time people have you know, changed, other new people are coming into the office. Uh, so we did we did a thorough planning so that you know we have a program uh, big customers they get uh, qbrs uh, or they get a meeting twice a year strategy meeting and then we uh, in our super office crm of course we book the meeting and we have t different types of meetings and all that triggers automatic so it those who are on those meetings they are marked as what we call engaged 
So the system keeps track of all the people that we talk to. But if we talk to the wrong person um, without the power in the organization, they are marked as well, right? So, so we're, we're striving to get to talk to the right people. And then we also said that, you know, we, we cannot send it out once a quarter or once half year to everybody. How, how should we then follow up on everything? So we created an algorithm that drips this. So it divides everything uh, into daily uh, surveys and we get the response and we dispatch that response to the account manager or the CX person. So they get, you know, two to three follow-up calls a day. And you can handle that together with uh, your sales job or uh, following up jobs or consulting jobs or stuff like that. So it, it puts a good balance. Uh, and that was really key, I think, when we started it, because people were sort of afraid, you know, we're busy guys and girls, and now we get another thing on our shoulders. Um, yeah. You know, how do we handle that? So that was a really planning exercise. And, and that's a, I think that's a good tip uh, bringing onward as well to, to make, spread it out. Not a little bit day by day, sort of. That's our experience on it. Yeah, I think I think you, you mentioned at the start as well, Hans, that like it's 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 a it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. When I talked to you the first time, Adam, that uh, you know MPS is not a sprint; uh, it's a marathon. How, how do you keep your your teams and also your your customers motivated to, to you know partake and, and join in in this kilometer after kilometer or mile after mile as i'm in the uk at the moment <laughs> yeah i think this is uh, where you sort of need to to keep on uh, you need somebody in the organization that maybe has my role to sort of uh, be the promoter internally and talk about it all the time and follow up and make things uh, and you need to present it in different meetings. You need to get the, the buy-in from the managers. And the, we, we have the buy-in from the CEO and the management team. And we have the buy-in now from the, the local managers. And we actually have the buy-in from the, from the people who close the loop as well. But it has taken time because in the beginning it was difficult. And they just, you know, just to close the loop, you just answer the question now like we see in some of the countries like germany for instance we have had a tremendous raise in this journey they're actually doing what we think they should do you you, you use feedback as a, an excuse uh, to discuss topics with the customer right because and i talk to that all the time it's not about the score uh, but people tend some people tend to say that uh, try to be smart about the response right and uh, okay, you gave me a three. Now, how would you? What should I do to 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 get an eight or a nine or a ten? Even you know that's irrelevant for the customer, right? You can think it, but you have to sort of do this uh, in an empathetic way. And um, and this is some are really enjoying it and embracing it and and getting value from it on the personal level. And uh, some are you know need a reminder uh, from time to time. And that's where, you know, you need to have these weekly huddles or um, sharing uh, because yeah. it's so easy that, okay, I got this, I closed it, done. You know, if that's your KPI, having no open, open loops. Uh, but the other way is, okay, I had this, I talked about this and I share it with my colleagues on the team. So that's where we really are, are trying to go now. So sharing that knowledge and um, learning from it because we need to, learn on the corporate level right not only on a one-to-one -one basis exactly yeah, yeah. one yeah. of the things that i that i was really following you on on 
social media last year, it was probably just before COVID actually, yeah. was following you all around your offices as you brought the message of customer experience and net promoter around. And I, I thought it was a great initiative you put. I mean, first of all, how far did you cover, you know, how did you organize that? Can you share? Because I thought there was a really successful program. Yeah. Well, um, we have, uh, we have a C CX teams, you know, every customer, and we have 6,000 customers and every customer has a person attached to it. It two persons, actually one sales person who's responsible for, for growing the account and one CX person uh, making sure that everything is okay. Yeah, a little bit about the setup that you have as well. And then uh, all these subsidiaries are in super office. You know, the culture is about winning new business and celebrating success and having all the good stuff and, you know, sharing that. Uh, and uh, so, so all the subsidiaries are really keen on succeeding in, in sales and CX or whatever, right? Um, and then, uh, of course, if you're uh, our Dutch uh, subsidiary, you know, they're in Eindhoven. It's a long way away from here. And we have a lot of connecting stuff. But sometimes, uh, you know, from the ivory tower in Oslo, we need to go out to the trenches and, and talk to them. And for me, it's really important to get feedback from those frontline because, I, you know, we see all the feedback, but we don't talk. We don't hear the problems and the challenges that they have. So uh, personally, I love going out there and, and inspiring them because I get so much back. Yeah. You know, it's all that's why you want to talk to customers as well, because you can teach something and you can learn something back. And, and then, of course, we have um, we don't have sort of the, the competitions that says that you're the best and stuff like that. But we we're trying to strive for improvements in the programs. So if, if uh, the German subsidiary, they have had a pretty good improvement uh, cycle for cycle. And then of course, that's cool to talk about. And, but it's just as cool to talk about other people and say, what can they learn from each other? And what are the challenges, et cetera, et cetera. And you know, it's not as easy as saying that I'm trying to find correlations. Everybody says, okay, if NPS goes up, what happens to the turnover? Like uh, our Swiss uh, company, uh, they have the highest growth in the group, you know, but the NPS is bouncing up and down. But it's a little bit like it's too few responses. So it's not predictable enough, right? And then people tend to, well, we can't really trust it. And then, so it takes, you know, you need to coach it and, and talk about it. Yeah. Do you have any metrics on, on the response rate that you can share? Well, uh, sure. Uh, you know, response rates, uh, I think we were um, a little bit above the, the, um, the benchmark that you had. Uh, we're not on the 100%, but I think we were like at, uh, 18%. That's pretty good. Our, our B2B response rate benchmark is actually 11% across the board. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you look at, because we have more people, You've given us some good tips, uh, and you know this: uh, the pyramid. Large customers, you need more people, and small customers, you need less. So this is also implemented. So our biggest customers, we say that at least you need five people, yes. and our algorithm always counts on that. So I think now it's up to twenty-five percent of our customers who's actually uh, responding. Yeah, that's a distinction, isn't it? Because you've got yeah. like the contact rate of eight of eighteen percent, yeah. and your customer base, well, at least twenty five percent. Well, I guess that you'd be higher though, to actually, in terms of account account response. Yeah, uh, and and of course that's what uh, you mentioned. What is the next step? And and growing this is important for us. 
because as I said in the beginning, if you don't get a response, it could mean anything, but most likely it's not a good sign. You know, don't they really care? <laughs> and you should care if you have a mission or a business critical system like a CRM system. So uh, yeah. we need to push our way in there and, and make them care if, if they don't really thought about it. Sometimes it's not obvious, but it's they haven't thought, gotten it. Uh, they're fed up with feedback uh, surveys. Uh, they didn't understand that they really could uh, benefit from it and yeah. stuff like that. So, is that something you're able to do, Hans? You're able to take the feedback the customers give you and then relay it back to your customer base. Has that been a successful program for you to do that? Well, that's on our uh, or on my to-do list actually, together with product marketing this year, uh, so that we are putting together some. Uh, stuff that what have we learned and what have we changed and where are our plans ahead uh, so trying to relate it back there because I really believe in what, what you guys are saying as well that we try to close the loop fast but you know every if it's 18% or 20% is 80% who doesn't know anything right because they didn't even respond so if you can send that out but um, we do a lot of stuff uh, but uh, you know, one person might have this problem and uh, we fix a lot of other problems. So it's not, it's the difficult part is, okay, you gather all the feedback. It's not like everything goes into two buckets. If you just fix that, then you're home free. Yeah, of course. Right. I think that's always it with, uh, with especially as, as myself and Adam are, are well aware, working working in the SaaS space, yeah. then, you know, it's, if you try and please everyone, you're not going to have a very nice looking tool, are you? No, no. Uh, and, I've, and I've seen that kind of thing before where you work with tools and they say, well, one customer wanted this, so now that's an option. And yeah. another customer wanted this, so now that's also an option. And yeah. before you know it, your tool is completely impossible to use. So it's yeah. stri- striking that balance, I guess, it's difficult between letting customers know that your the feedback is, is valued and appreciated while also not being able to, to act upon everything as well. So is, is that kind of thing going to go into your messaging later in the year as well? Yeah, it does. And, you know, we're creating, uh, we, after COVID, we've had massive uptake in the online webinars and uh, stuff yeah, like that. Great. And, you know, uh, the MPS feedback also feeds what is uh, interesting topics and stuff like that. And, and, you know, we're a product company, but, most of the wishes and, and feedback is most likely because they didn't know that we had it. Uh, they didn't know how to use it. And uh, they thought about something that was not general um, policy in their company. So, you know, it's all about talking to people, right? And that's where this NPS door opener is, uh, is the key in my opinion. Are you able to, I mean, hopefully you've got some customers who will be listening to this. So are you able to give any feedback to them now? So basically, I'm trying to make it easy for you so you don't have to write that email. <laughs> so well, are, there, are there a few things you said, oh, we learned this. Thank you for the feedback. This is what we learned and we we fixed this in our product. Uh, sure. Uh, you know, we did we did a um, gathering of all the feedback. And, and basically, 50% of those type of feedbacks goes into non-product issues, right? And, and that's all about... Uh, um, trying to deliver on the, the promises that we have, like coming back to people when we say we should come back to people and uh, um, uh, keep um, or deliver on the promises and, yeah. and stuff like, you know, the normal stuff coming back. Yeah. Um, and I think that uh, I've actually made, um, uh, what was it called, a, a manifesto, you know, 
Um, and, and it's like 10 points on that. And it says that if we'd done, I converted everything into just if we'd done these things, then all of these would just be really happy. And then I presented this for, for the management team and say, hey, well, this is what we strive for every day. And it's right. We strive, of course, to say that if we promise something, we come back and deliver it. But in the heat of the day, uh, you might miss on that on some, some occasions. But, uh, but those are the, the 50, and it's like uh, the support things. Um, like a couple of years ago, we had local support, right? Uh, Dutch support in Holland and German in uh, Dortmund, etc. And then we moved everything to our own uh, customer experience center in Vilnius. And in the beginning, we got from the feedback that they didn't really understand the, the, the languages and it took time and this and that. And now, actually, the customer feedback through the NPS says that that's our USP one of the top ones that we have really good support uh, services, you know? So over time, it really helps uh, doing that. That's interesting. Was that to do with consistency that you're, by putting it in one place, you could, you could share best practices? Yeah. I'm curious as to how that Definitely works. best practices. And, you know, you can uh, have training programs for these people and, uh, and, and they're staying on for a long time. And uh, they, instead of having three people in one country, now you have, 35 people in the same office and they can all share best practices. They can share the cues and all kinds of things. Uh, and, and it's really, um, um, yeah, it's really nice to see how that actually uh, works and the competence and skills has really uh, risen uh, far b above what it used to be because then you had to talk to a consultant. He was busy consulting and stuff like that. Now everything is available for the customers. And then, of course, we see that we have things in our uh, roadmap, uh, and it's nice to align the roadmap to the, the product feedback. And uh, we're coming up with the brand new version now, you know, every three weeks, but we have a new generation coming up in, uh, in October uh, where we uh, add more stuff as well. And that goes both on the, the mobile uh, client, it goes on, uh, um, on the marketing uh, things uh, or marketing platform, more on artificial intelligence and stuff like that. So we're adding more capabilities to the to the product as well, all the time. With just just to touch on a, a point you made a bit earlier, Hans, in terms of making sure that you know your your your, your salespeople and your account managers want to go out and, and get the results and aren't afraid of the results and things like that. Is there something that you guys do internally to make sure that everyone is armed with everything they need to? So, for example, if I'm working in sales and I get a, a I get a two from my customer yeah. and they say my bill is wrong every single month and I'm terribly upset about it and then a two goes against dave's name in the in the mps table in customer gauge wherever it might be yeah. am i then armed or how do i have the fear removed to then say okay well thanks for that i've now passed it on to the finance team um and, and they have the the the, the, the skills or and the, the 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 armor that they need to, to to get that kind of thing resolved yeah well um it, it's very little personalized uh, feedback, so to say. Sometimes we say that uh, Marianne is great and uh, Henrik, I yep. get all the stuff that I want, you know, but it, it's not massively on that. Uh, and what we try, because our CX people who most of the times gets it, they are some of the senior people in the company. They know a lot about the product. Um, and if they don't, they it's troublesome for them because they can always uh, help them, you know, fix problems. And much of the stuff is fixed problem. There's very little like invoicing and billing stuff. But if that's the problem, then it ju we just assign this request that comes in 
and we assign it to the customer um, service department and they fix it, right? Yeah. And of course, often when they, when they call, what, what I hear, oh, they are quite happy, but you know, they gave a five. Okay, fine. We're not looking really for that five because we won't experience that five BS7 until next six months, right? Exactly. So, so uh, it's not like you did a very bad job and we're hanging them out, but, but we try yeah. to use this as a tool to sort of, okay, uh, always think about the next experience. So whatever you do, you, you design products, you design services, you design customer experience for the MPS, so, so to say. Yeah. You know, that's the, the golden rule back in the, the ultimate question, the book. Um, it's about that feeling. And, and I think most of people just, if you think about it and are reminded about it, then you know what to do in, in these situations. But it's yeah. okay to say, sorry, or we cannot solve all the problems and that's how it is and stuff like that. So you just have to work around with it as well. Sometimes you just have to say no. And I think that customers are happy with it. Put at, least the foot, at least it's one way or the other, right? Yeah, put the foot down. It's nothing if you say, yeah, I really agree. And I have uh, five other customers doing that. Okay. If there's five or 50 of the customers, most likely we'll put exactly. it in a roadmap. Yeah. Hans. Yeah. What does we were on a break mean? I mean, in my, my family's a huge fan of friends. What were you doing with that when you said we were on a break? How did that work? Well, um, well, of course, we, we said that it was it was on a on a break, but then um, and it, and, it, and we just stopped it because we have a program. We can stop it for three weeks to the next standard. We had to do some integrations, um, but it worked fine. But after after a while, you know, people are missing stuff, right? Uh, <laughs> and then that's when you think about that things are important, right? When you miss it, then uh, then you can get that feeling that okay, somebody's caring, because you know, and I, I, I well, the MPS program has been sort of uh, in the beginning. It was the first year is tough because then you think it's um, it, if it's a bad score, it's going to ditch because then it's a system or you know it doesn't fit or something like that. So we had a lot of fights, uh, uh, but now I think it's so it's part of our, uh, like I said, DNA of the culture. So this is, uh, uh, is there. <laughs> we need to improve it all the time. Yeah. So looking back over the last four years, yeah, you must have learned a few valuable lessons. So if you could have got, if you were to start again from the process, what, what would you have done differently? Or what would you advise people not to do? Um, well, uh, looking back, I, I think we did a lot of things wisely. Uh, I think it's important to plan and uh, plan for success, I would say, because you plan to make this a long-term journey. If you plan for it to be a test, it's going to be a test and you're going to do something else, right? Um, and then I think uh, you will get a lot of obstacles and a lot of, um, because you will get, you'll get feedback that you think is, unfair or it's not the right people we're measuring and so you have to you have to automate stuff but you also have to optimize stuff right because if you don't have resources to optimize uh, as you go along um, it's not going to get the credibility in the organization yeah. right and it helps that you have the the, the management teams uh, supporting it because if they don't support it it's not going to happen, you know. Yeah. You need to put resources in. 
And, and, and in terms of that, Hans, when you, when you say you need to put resources in and obviously you need to go to your management and say, I need resource to do this or sales, you need to put resource into this. Yeah. When, when the obvious question comes back of what's the difference to my bottom line, what's uh what 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 are you giving back there you know because obviously if, if anyone asks uh, if i ask for adam for any resources in our organization yeah. i better have some some good bottom line decisions that that's that going to help that with yeah so so you're talking about roi or stuff like that uh, well i think that when we, we when we implemented the mps it was um to get control of uh, of churn and retention right yeah. Uh, because, uh, like I said, we had uh, we were losing customers, and we didn't really understand why. And we wanted a tool that could give us the opportunity to fix problems when they arise, and not too late, right? When the churn is sure. gone, right? So that was the the goal in the beginning. Uh, but you know, looking only at so we have you know KPIs and all kind of things. But but uh, now when we are bought, you know, we are starting a a new journey. Uh, you know, yeah. private equity coming up and, you know, if they want to go in there, they want to go public at some time. Uh, and then um, SuperOffice, who has been a growth company since we started, continues on the, that growth path. And then it's not about churn, but it's about uh, net growth. Yeah. And it's all about growth, right? So that means that MPS is just as important to, you know, close those holes if we can that, but also use it as a measurement tool to, to uh, get more opportunities and business, and you know the promoter, the promoter part of this is something yeah. that also is on the next uh, type. Okay, how can we sort of utilize uh, having all these promoters and and really, you know, they tell us that they want to recommend it. So what can we do together to to make that actually happen? Yeah. So uh, we are growing. The profits are up, and and it was before we went to MPS as well. But I think that now there is an understanding that you know you need you need a severe MPS um, score which is uh, solid founded in order to fuel that growth because if oh, you yeah. don't have it, it's not going to help uh, help growing. You can put a lot of stuff in there, but and this is one way of measuring the customer voice, and uh, you know it's not lying, even though we might have some strange uh, responses here and there, but overall it's uh, statistics. Love it. Yeah. And what's next for you in this, with this program? Um, well, we had, you know, 30% um, of our customers are handled by partners. And uh, the algorithm that we have is like, yeah, okay, what programs are we doing? What are we doing? You know, that doesn't work when we don't talk directly to customers. So then we have implemented uh, Automatic, you know, when you when you log into your bank, you get this. Uh, please up to update your details, and you do it. So we've done yeah. things like this so that these customers, all customers, have to update who are the key roles, like who's the agreement responsible, who's the security responsible, and who's the system administrators. So now we all of a sudden get this information, and we're starting to get responses from these as well. So the reach is going out and. And we can help uh, partners uh, grow our customers through them. Um, and then, of course, uh, anything we can do to improve the response rates uh, is important. You have some tools where you can uh, add you some manual reminders and stuff. And uh, I'm sure there will be more of, of that type uh, later on. Um, and then, yeah. So uh, 
And then we've started much what we call, you know, frontline was that the outer loop and then we have the inner loop. So now I'm spending much time on actually talking to R&D because they're getting interested. What are customers saying from this channel, right? And then I talk to support. What are they saying? How can they improve? So we're taking it back to the strategic level, trying to pinpoint some initiatives. If we can get two or three initiatives rolling, that will help, uh, help us grow. So it's, uh, it's not only frontline, it's also that inner loop strategy development part. If I take a few things away from that, what I really, the key, to, the key thing to your program was about automating it, making it work. Um, I loved what you're saying about, you know, non-product learnings that you had, such as delivering on promises. And by the way, I want you to share your manifesto with us. Um, <laughs> but I want to wrap up and say, you know, if I, I think what, the way that you speak about this is really valuable to super office clients as well. I think they're really lucky to have such a well-run um, CX program where you really take uh, their feedback seriously. And it's, uh, it's really wonderful to learn about how you do it. Mm. Well, thanks for, uh, for asking and uh, having me on. <laughs> much always fun. Thank you so much for your time today. I hope we get to see you soon and come back and tell us more about the program and, uh, as it matures. Yeah, will do. Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot, Hans. Speak yeah. soon. Yeah, bye.